Welcome to the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. I'm your host, Corey Graham. Join us here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where the independent new authors come first. Unconditional Love is the basis of author Marcia A. Hughes' book, From Wheelchair to Playground, My Faith Goal. Marcia stopped by the show tonight to chat with me. Marcia, thank you for being here tonight. Well, thank you for having me. It sounds like you have quite a story to tell. So can you tell me what you wrote about in From Wheelchair to Playground? Well, it really is about my daughter's life a little bit. It's I waited 45 years to have her. I didn't wait. I never got pregnant until I was 45. But I actually, you know, had a strong desire to have a child. And when I finally got one, I was thrilled. And what happened was I had an artery rupture a couple of weeks before my due date. And we almost died. And oh my Haley was born with severe cerebral palsy. I hadn't planned on that, but um, I believe from the time that she was born that she would be healed. And so this faith goal came out of that, came based out of that. I mean, I really believed it. I had people following me because they knew, you know, they wanted to see this miracle. And I claimed, I believed, I prayed, I quoted and read scripture over her. I had, you know, the faith of a mustard seed. I really did. And then one day at work, a coworker had to tell me that she died. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Thank you. It was, you know, it was really traumatic. And, um, and it's like, what do you do with your faith now? You know, what do you do? It's just like God, it felt like God pulled the rug out from underneath my faith, you know, and that hurt and everything that went with it, you know, the feelings that go with that, you know, no hope. You have anger, resentment for not getting your way, guilt, disillusionment. And I was mad at God and I told him. But he just lovingly and tenderly got me back on track. And he took all of those feelings that I had had and, and he healed them. And it's really about the steps uh, God used to heal me and our very strained relationship. And I got to tell you, there's, and people have told me this, that there's such an anointing, a strong anointing for healing in this book. And God wants to heal people. That's period, the end. You know, that's kind of the end of it. And it will bring glory to him. him so it's one of the great things about writing is that it sounds like you wrote this a lot to help sort out your own thoughts and feelings and your faith. And at the same time, by putting it out there for the world, you're helping others. You're reaching out to others and you're helping them. So it's kind of a double thing. It was. God told me I was whining to him on the way to work one morning on my hour drive to work. And I said, you know, why aren't you healing my daughter? I believe that she'll be healed. Why aren't you healing her? You know, like, why aren't you answering my prayers? And this is how you're going to do it. And, you know, I told God what he was going to do. You know, you kind of don't do that. And so he just told me, well, you know, he used that scripture out of Romans, speak as though it already happened, kind of like Romans 4.17. And I got to work and I took post-it notes and I said, okay, I'm going to write out, this is how, you know, her healing is going to go. And I wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote. I had a whole big stack of post-it notes front and back. And then it dawned on me, maybe this is going to be a book, <laughs> you know? 
the first part of the book was done for years. And I was just waiting for that manifestation of her healing. And then when she died, and I wasn't ready for that, it, it took me a couple years. And God said to me one day, finish that book. You've got to finish that book. I thought, well, what am I going to say? How do you give hope to people and, and increase their faith when, when your prayer wasn't answered? I put that pen down on the paper and it wrote itself. And it was truly inspired by God. I mean, I didn't have to think of a word. It wrote itself. I'm serious. It's his. It's all his. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't ask this earlier. Uh, what was your daughter's name? Oh, I'm sorry. Haley Elizabeth. Haley Elizabeth. Well, Marsha, I'm, I'm really sorry to hear about Haley Elizabeth. It sounds like she was really special and God used her in your life for faith and to also reach out to others. So thank you for having the courage to write this. Well, this book is out in stores now, and I encourage listeners to check it out. Again, it's called From Wheelchair to Playground, My Faith Goal by Marsha A. Hughes. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, everywhere that you buy your books. Well, Marsha, again, thank you for chatting with me tonight. I had a really good time finding out about Haley Elizabeth's life and what you're doing now to help others through it. Oh, thanks so much, Corey. It's just been a privilege and a blessing. Thank you so much. What is truth? What should you believe? It's hard to tell sometimes. Author Daryl G. writes about truth and the church in his new book, Doctrine Versus Truth. Daryl's right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Daryl, thanks for joining me tonight. Oh, yes, and no problem. Can you tell me what you wrote about in Doctrine Versus Truth? What's it all about? You know, a lot of times you're going to churches or you hear different sermons regarding the Bible. And when you go back and you research the scripture, you'll find that well, that's, that's not what they were talking about. The Lord laid it upon my heart a couple of years ago to start writing. And it took me a while to do it. You know, I was a little reluctant because I didn't want to offend anyone. But the more I heard different teachings, it's like, wait a minute, that's not what the scripture says. So the Lord put upon my heart to go ahead and document some of the things that he was revealing to me regarding his word. And that's where doctrine versus truth came about. There's a lot of doctrines out there that don't line up with what the truth really is. So, and I just put down a few things. What's your writing background? Have you written a book before? Have you been published before? No, sir. Never, never written before, never published anything before. I, I do consider myself one who is able to articulate thoughts well. Mm. But other than that, no, no professional background, no background whatsoever in writing. Well, congratulations on getting your first book published. It's a pretty big deal. It's a lot of hard work. And how's it feel now to have it out there? Feels great. Feels really, really good. It's uh, something that's been weighing on me like I said, for, for a while. And so it does feel good to actually put it out there now. Now that it's out there, that's like a weight off my shoulder. My pastor used to tell me back in Ohio that in the graveyards, there are a lot of unpublished books, mm. meaning that, you know, those who had something in them but failed to follow through with what God had placed either on their heart or in their minds to just a reluctance to push through. So there's a lot of unpublished books in the graveyard, and I didn't want to be one of those. Hmm. I assume you learned a lot going through the process. Uh, about how long did it take you? Actually, once I started writing it, actually putting it down on paper, took me probably about eight months. Do you have any words of wisdom now that you've been through the whole thing and 
you had to edit it, get it ready to be published, any advice that you could give to aspiring authors? Sit back, look at your work, understand the end that you have in mind, and then work your way back from that. Once you have your end in mind, then you can work your way up to getting to that end. So always review your work and make sure that the way that you put it down is the way that you have it in your head. Mm. So that when you speak it, well, when you write it, it's more like you speaking it to your audience. I've heard a good strategy for editing your own work is to actually read it out loud. Yes. And you end up catching so much more than just reading it on the page. It's a great strategy. Absolutely. So what's next for you? Do you have another book in you? Yes, I do. And it's, it's one that's it's more personal. I think that the, the title of this would be the autobiography of a soul winner. And it's more or less about me and my life and where I've come through, where I started and how I got to be where I am in terms of my walk with the Lord. And, and hopefully I'll have that in the next year, I'm thinking. And it all depends on where, where the Lord leads it, because <laughs> that's, that's my big thing is listening to the guidance of the Lord and writing what it is that I want to share. This book is called Doctrine Versus Truth by Daryl G. Published by Christian Faith Publishing, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, everywhere you shop for your books. Well, Daryl, thank you again for stopping by the show tonight. I had a really good time talking with you. Oh, you're quite welcome. My, my pleasure. Yes, sir. I'd like to welcome author Jeannie Follett to the Reader House Author Roundtable tonight. Jeannie, thank you for joining me tonight. You're welcome. Your new book is out right now. It's called Piacita. Can you tell me what it's all about? The Payasita is a story based upon a Navajo woman's life from the time she was a child till her death. And uh, she was a, a special individual in the Navajo Nation in the four corners of the Southwest in regard to uh, she had the insight to become a businesswoman. And very rare in those days for them to succeed anywhere in uh, the monopolies outside of what they had. Mm. So with the trading posts there and everything, she, her grandmother had given her the knowledge of what transplanted apple seeds or any fruit seeds could be. She became a very successful businesswoman with her orchard. Oh, sounds like quite a story. Now, you've described this as both fiction and nonfiction. So how did you weave those? Well, when you look back into time and you're, you're doing research, when it goes the distance of such an area as the canyons in the southwest, it's very hard to track and find the information that you need or resources. Mm. Because of my family's history, my mother's in the four corners, um, I was more drawn and able to make my way through that area to do the work I'm doing and did there. The interesting part of the story is, is the four corners are uh, different nations within that area. Uh, the interesting part of the story for me as it surfaces is, is that after the book was said and done, I had found out that she was my great aunt. And I never knew it the entire time no I wrote kidding. it. No kidding. Wow. Yeah, it was absolutely amazing. She was my mother's aunt, and my mother had spent quite a bit of time in her village. My mother never let on once that she was my great aunt. She let me do my work. So the Payasita and I are related, and that was quite a surprise. Wow, and you were just drawn to her. That's quite amazing. It was meant to be written. 
Have you ever written a book before or have you published before? Yes, I have. Um, I own the Mother Earth Corporation, which is an edutainment house. And the first book, uh, A Forest Visit, The Adventures of Mother Earth and Hope, has been published and released, and that's out. And we're presently looking at developing a theme park with a franchise in relations to Disney. And uh, I also wrote for the Library of Poetry, The Dancer, and I took out of 5,000 writers, I, I actually placed first and was offered the Editor's Best Choice Award and to receive it in Washington. And um, that was some time ago. But I had, I guess one of the reasons it did take me quite a while to do the book was is, is I'm a cancer survivor. Oh. So what's next? Are you going to continue writing and getting more out there? Yes, I am. As a matter of fact, right now, Fulton Books is in process with me in doing a book that's called Range Roses. And uh, hopefully that'll be released in the next three or four months. And then there's a few other books after that that I will continue with Fulton Books with. This is truly an intriguing book. I love the story behind it. It's called Piacita by Jeannie Follett. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it on Amazon at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere that you shop for books. Well, Jeannie, thank you again for chatting with me tonight. I appreciate you stopping by the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. I'm chatting right now with author R.W. Biga at the Reader House Author Roundtable. R.W., thank you for joining me here tonight. Thank you for having me. The Education of Adam is your new book. It's out right now. Can you tell me what it's all about? Yeah, it's, it's um, set in the not-too-distant future. It's about the characters, obviously called Adam. It's about that he's going to a new school where in the future, everybody who goes to school, including from, you know, kindergarten to teenager age, they're basically controlled by the state. They don't see their parents anymore. Their whole lives are controlled. Hmm. So what he's doing is he's going to this new school, which is kind of, it's completely new to him because it's run a different way. It's the trials and tribulations of, of how it is there. He meets new people and he starts seeing that some weird stuff is going on at this place. So he's trying to figure it out. He starts meeting people who have instantly started to befriend him. So he tries to figure out what's going on. Again, not to give too much away, but hmm. it's kind of in a sinister tone. He sees that the adults have complete control. There's no one that can help them. That's basically the gist of the book. Hmm. Where did the idea for the story come from? I actually got this idea probably about when I was an early teenager. What happened was, is I saw about, it was a school, I believe it was in Canada. Now, this was back in like the 20s and 30s where they were talking about how afraid the kids were of this school and how kids would disappear and stuff like that. And they'd probably never see them again. So I kind of had an idea of something like that since then. And, you know, as I grew older, I started learning more stuff. You know, I kind of figured, you know, obviously that wouldn't go right now. So let's make it like a dystopian type of future book. Is this your first book? Have you written before? No, this is my first book. I'm actually on my second one right now, which has nothing to do with this book. Mm. Yeah, this is my uh, debut novel. Wow, congratulations. How's it feel now being officially a published author? Oh, it feels great. I mean, like I said, I've been able to work on stuff. I've been able to put it on Facebook, had some interest here. I've had some sales. I have it on paperback. And I have it on uh, four different digital formats. It's been going well. It's a learning experience, too. Like for my second one, I'll learn, you know, from some of the little mistakes I've made, you know, but we all make mistakes with stuff. So it's it's, uh, been a very good learning experience. Yeah. What was one of the biggies that you learned? Editing, probably. I mean, there's so (laughs) much stuff to edit. I mean, you never realize how many little mistakes you make, especially with, you know, 
punctuation, you know, and the mechanics, like, you know, some of the things you don't even realize, you know, until later on. But then like when I was writing my second book, I then started realizing and, you know, becoming more self-conscious of what I did. So, you know, now it's, it's going to be a lot less the second time. What advice now would you give to first-time authors who are writing their first book and getting published for the first time? What words of wisdom? Well, there's quite a lot. I mean, one thing is make sure that you have some kind of social media for it. One thing that I did not do, which I'm going to be doing for my next one, is it's probably best to kind of advertise it even before it's out, to drum up some interest so people will be anticipating it. Kind of like how they have movie trailers. You know, you kind of got to get a little bit of the excitement for when it comes out. Mm. That's probably the biggest thing to do. So you said you're working on something else unrelated. Is there a possibility of a sequel for this one? Yes, there's, there is a possibility of a sequel without giving much away. But yes, there is a possibility. I did make it that way. You just have to read it to see. But yes, there is, there's, there's a possibility with a sequel. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to it. RW, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for stepping out. And it's not an easy thing. It's called The Education of Adam. It's published by Fulton Books, and it's by R.W. Biga. You can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you shop for books. Well, R.W., thanks again for stopping here and chatting with me today. I had a really good time. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to welcome author Claire Delaney to the Reader House Author Roundtable right now. Claire, thank you for joining me tonight. Thank you for having me. Your new book is out right now, and it's called My Shoes Take Me Everywhere. What's the book about? Well, it's about young children and their shoes and how they love having a new pair of shoes and love for anyone to notice their shoes actually, whether they're new or worn out. It's really original story. Uh, how'd you get the idea? Well, I have taught children in preschool age through high school age, besides having my own children, and they all just showed a certain swagger when they either had new shoes on or just wanted you to notice how much they loved their shoes. Hmm. And for somebody like me, it reminded me of my childhood. And I, I thought to myself, you know what? The shoes did mean an awful lot to me. It was a big deal. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. So have you written before? Is this uh, your first book out there? This is my first, and it's something I dreamed about and analyzed to pieces over the years, and finally just decided to act on my dream. Oh, congratulations. What's it feel like to have it out there now that you've worked on it for so long? Oh, well, indescribable, probably ecstatic. I'm just really in love with the illustrator's children, and, and that really portrayed my vision far beyond my expectations. So then when it was first posted on Amazon, I was ecstatic all over again. Mm. You mentioned the illustrations. They really are beautiful. How was that process working with the illustrator to get your vision out there visually? Oh, well, that was the longest process, but I appreciated that my publisher, Fulton Books, allowed me to approve every illustration and just everything about the illustration. When the illustrator saw a line, then I just communicated what I saw, and they just fulfilled it. I'm sure there's a lot along the way that you've learned. Do you have any words of wisdom, any piece of advice that you could give to first-time authors? <laughs> I guess keep your laptop or your scratch pad handy at all times, mm. because you just have ideas at any given moment. 
do your due diligence, research and planning, and then just see where it takes you. Now, from here, do you plan on writing some more and getting more published? <laughs> well, I do have some ideas in my head. Nothing is in print, but the ideas kind of are rolling around right now. So maybe. When you were writing this one, did you have like a routine that you would get into? Maybe some music, maybe a place that you would go to? Not really. It was because I was with children or adults in my working life and in my personal life. Just, I don't know, something might come out that uh, would give me an inspiration and I would try to write it down anywhere I could, even on my hand, then just go back and try to put it all together. Well, the book is called My Shoes Take Me Everywhere by Claire Delaney. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you shop for your books. Well, Claire, thanks again for stopping by the show here tonight. I had a good time chatting with you. Thank you. I enjoyed it, too. I'm talking with author Jimmy King now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thanks for stopping by tonight. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Now, you have a new book out right now. It's called My First Day of School, The Adventures of Buddy and Sissy. So congratulations on having it out there. Can you tell me what it's about? Well, the book is based off my twins. It's about uh, children going to school for their very first day. You know, this this happens every year. Millions of kids have their first day of school every year. It's based off of uh, excitement of going to school and being nervous about leaving home for the first time to uh, leave your parents. So is this the first time you've written a book? Is this the first time you've been published? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Wow, that's that's a huge accomplishment. How's it feel to have it out there for the world? It's exciting. I'm, I'm very excited. It was the first time author, first time getting published. I'm sure that there was a lot you learned. It's, it's quite a process. Uh, so how was the whole thing for you, writing the book and then getting it out there? I came up with the idea, really, after they were born. I came up with the idea, which they were born in 2006. 2009, I'm like, I came up with the title, but I hadn't came up with the storyline. Hmm. So it took me some time. I actually wrote the book in 2014. I came up with the storyline. I was like, I, I need to get the book published, but I didn't have the money to do it. And the only thing I had worth value to get this done, I sold my truck. Oh, wow. It's a lot of dedication. Do you have any words of advice now for people who are looking to do the same thing? I would tell them to find a publisher because that, it has been a lot easier for me than self-publishing. Mm. Because self-publishing, I tell everybody, you know, you get you get to keep 100% of the money, but you have to do 1,000% of the work. Oh, yeah. So are you going to continue to write? Do you look to maybe publish again? Yes. Uh, we're actually in the middle of a second book getting published right now. It's at uh, Christian Faith Publishing, The Adventures of Buddy and Sissy, My Summer Vacation. Now, a really, really important part of children's books is the illustrations. And so how was that, working with an illustrator and sort of communicating your vision that way? It was easy for me because I went, like I said, I went through Christian Faith Publishing. I told them what I wanted every picture to be what every on every page. They did the pictures for me. And it, it, it's really been easy. And when it comes to actually sitting down and writing, 
What do you find to be the hardest part about it? The hardest part for me, sometimes is to stay engaged. Mm. I actually have about four or five books on standby ready to go. Well, that's fantastic. When you start losing focus, when you know the words just aren't coming anymore, do you have a strategy for kind of getting yourself back into it or upping the energy level a little bit? You know, actually what helped me to get back into it, I had a friend that was in college and she would ask me to help her write her paper. But as soon as I started helping her write her paper, it gave me focus to go back to my work and, and start writing again. Huh. The book is called My First Day of School, The Adventures of Buddy and Sissy. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it everywhere. You can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you buy books. Well, Jimmy, thanks again for coming by the show tonight. I had a really good time talking with you. Well, thank you, and I really appreciate it. Author Mary C. Judy tells the story of an adventurous elf in her new book, Interview with an Elf. Mary is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Mary, thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for having me. Can you tell me what Interview with an Elf is all about? The character is based on a journalistic elf. Uh, his name is Biggie Millard, and he is a reporter elf for the North Pole Daily Times. So he is a journalist there for all things naughty and nice. And he decides that he would like his own Christmas wish. You know, his journalistic background and, and always writing on the same things, his wish for Christmas is to interview a real child. So with Santa's permission, he makes that happen. And not only does he end up in the home of one child, but he ends up in the home of two children, Charlie and Caroline, uh, who ultimately remind him of the true meaning of Christmas um, with their interview and spending the evening with Biggie Millard. And Biggie goes back to the North Pole and writes a beautiful article uh, about his interview with Charlie and Caroline and how they sparked his memory of all these wonderful things and draws a picture for the front page of the newspaper it adds something special to everyone's Christmas at the North Pole. A journalistic elf. I love it. It's so original. How'd you come up with that character? I loved books growing up, and my parents and grandparents were great getting us books and read, you know, a lot of books growing up. And, and I've always loved children's books. I read our son tons and tons of books until, you, well, he wouldn't let me read to him anymore. <laughs> What I began to think about five or six years ago was not only a really cute Christmas story, but I guess I'd always wondered maybe why I had never seen a children's book that had both things about Christmas. There is, it was either, you know, a Christmas book with Santa Claus and gifts and presents and all of that, or there were children's books about the story of Jesus and the Holy Family and the manger. And, hmm. and I just thought, why couldn't a child have both in the same book, hmm. you know, and, and experience both and there not be any confusion in their mind about what's, what's happening? It's okay to have both in the same book. About how long were you working on this? Actually, writing the story was probably two or three years, and then kind of came up with the artwork. And I guess after that was just getting up my courage 
to submit it to someone. And also, I spent about two years uh, just researching and learning about publishing and that whole business because I, you know, I didn't know anything about it. So it was really kind of fun to find out and learn that process and learn about that world and how that functions and thrives. And and so I just got my nerve up one day doing laundry and I just submitted it. That's how we started. Now from here, do you plan on writing some more, maybe getting another one published? I do. This is actually a series and I have finished the second story. I haven't submitted it yet. As you well know, it's been kind of a crazy year, and it was precarious at times just in going through this publication process, you know, with COVID out there. And The book is called Interview with an Elf. It's by Mary C. Judy, and it's published by Fulton Books. You can find it everywhere. You can find it at Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, traditional brick-and-mortar stores, everywhere you shop for your books. Well, Mary, thanks again for stopping by the show here again with me. I had a good time talking. Oh, Corey, thanks so much. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on. And I enjoyed this. And if you get a chance, read Interview with an Elf. Right now at the Reader House Author Roundtable, I'm joined by author Michael James Reed. Michael, thank you for being here with me tonight. Oh, it's an honor, Corey. Thank you. Now, you've got a new book out. It's called Come Out of Her, My People. Can you tell me what the book's all about? The book is about telling Catholics of which I used to be one, the truth about their religion. I tell it in a couple of different ways. I tell it through scripture and I tell it through my own experience. I just felt called to do that. So what persuaded you to write the book and then publish it? I'd have to give the inspiration to the Holy Spirit. The story actually goes that I was writing kind of some dissertations to my siblings who had questions about, you know, their own Catholic faith. And so I was writing them, you know, on different topics that, you know, Catholics and other Christians kind of butt heads on and giving giving my siblings uh, a more biblical view of these topics. And they were like 30 and 40 page long dissertations. <laughs> and I, I was writing like three or four of them. By the time I was, I wrote three or four of them, the Holy Spirit just kind of tapped me on the shoulder and was like, Mike, you're writing chapters in a book. Mm. Just put it in a book and give it to everybody. You know, not just, you don't have to just give this information to your siblings. Give it to everybody. Give it to all Catholics. And so that's that's kind of how the inspiration and the, and the method got born. Have you ever published before? I haven't. No, this is my first my first work. Wow. What was that experience like for you? It's really exciting. It's really exciting. I never really thought about it before, but I enjoyed it. It was it was pretty exciting. I, I I'm just kind of still taking it all in, I guess. <laughs> was there <laughs> anything especially challenging about the whole thing for you? You know what? Uh not really. Not really. I like I said, I felt led by the Holy Spirit to do it. And so the process was just seemed natural. And my publisher, uh Christian Faith Publishing. They just were so gracious and and led me along every step of the way. And they were really kind of a godsend in helping me get published. It was really nice. It was a good experience. A lot of authors often have a routine that they go through whenever they go to write. They often have a a certain time, certain place, maybe something they're listening to. What was your routine? Did you have something like that? 
<laughs> you know what? That's a that's a really good question. Like I said, I was I was inspired by the Holy Spirit, and the proof is kind of in your question, answering this question. I would think about what I needed to write and my message, and I would pray about it, and I would try to you know let myself get out of the way of the Holy Spirit. And I have kind of a busy house. I have six kids, and and so a lot of my writing method wouldn't happen until either late at night or all through the night. Mm. I'd be in bed, and my mind would just be so inspired to write at that time when the house was quiet. That was when I would write, is in the middle of the night. <laughs> Are you looking to write more, maybe get more books published? I am. Actually, I'm about five chapters into another another work, very close to the same subject matter and the same message. Just I'm just really trying to give Roman Catholics a more biblical view on things because, you know, being born and raised in the Catholic Church, being a, a believing, practicing Roman Catholic for 40 years— I know what it's like to not have a biblical view, to have all of my beliefs in God based on, you know, being told what they are by other men, by the Catholic Church. And after reading the Bible, that all changed for me. And I, I could see the difference between the two systems. And so I just really, you know, feel the need to give this biblical message to Roman Catholics who don't have it. They don't have the biblical message. They don't have the gospel message. They have Catholic sacraments and you know, that's kind of my calling right now. Well, Michael's book is out there right now. It's called Come Out of Her, My People. It's by Michael James Reed. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing. And you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, everywhere you shop for books. Well, Michael, thank you again for coming by the Reader House Author Roundtable with me. I had a good time chatting. Uh, thank you so much, Corey. Author Anna Kirkpatrick is joining me now here at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Anna, welcome to the show. Thank you. Your new book is out there right now. It's called A Full Plate. Now, to me, based on what I know about it, that sounds like a bit of an understatement. Can you tell me about it? Yes, thank you. My book, A Full Plate, is a compelling collection of real-life stories. While lacking in the experience, I still eagerly purchase a neglected, defunct, completely empty restaurant located in rural Idaho. I divulge numerous mishaps that occurred throughout the course of building my business. I narrate relatable and easy to follow accounts of family, customers, and also from my sometimes unusual childhood. So how did the idea to write this come about? What persuaded you to publish it? My sister, <laughs> <laughs> my younger sister who was hounding me to write this for probably four years. Wow. Is this the first book you've published in, the first time you've written? Yes, it's my first book. Congratulations. It's a big deal to have your first one out there. So what's it feel like now to be a published author, having put so much time and energy into it? Well, it's uh, pretty amazing. I was excited and thankful and pretty nervous. Mm. Being a first-time author is pretty intimidating, but fortunately, I have a lot of love and support on my side. Yeah, that's really important. Now, I'm sure that you learned an awful lot. There's so much patience involved in so many things. It's a lot of hard work. Yes. So do you have any words of wisdom now for aspiring authors? I would probably say to, to not quit, of course. And I would say let your own personal thoughts and discover your own words. And like I said, don't quit. Keep pursuing it. 
It, it took me 10 plus years to do this. I finished the book, the rough draft, in three months and another 10 plus years to finalize the editing and do the polishing. What was the hardest part about the whole process for you? Uh, probably the emotional uh, side of it because these are all mm. relatable stories and real life things that happened to me. And during the time of the ownership of the restaurant, I had to struggle with quite a few emotional happenings. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Were you writing this with a specific audience in mind, a, a target readership? Yes, my target readers cover a wide range, such as entrepreneurs, those who have worked at or patronized a restaurant, parents of teenagers, and families struggling with alcoholism, child molestation, or even the tragic death of a young sibling. That's to name a few. Yeah, it sounds like a book a lot of us could get something out of. That's, that's true. Now, looking down the road, do you plan on writing some more, maybe getting another book published? Well, possibly. I'm getting a lot of pressure to write another book, but <laughs> it can't take 10 years because I turned 70 in a couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to reading, would you call yourself an avid reader? Not so much. And if I do read, I like the nonfiction uh, reading because I like being able to connect personally with the story. And people can do that with the full plate. And I encourage listeners to check it out. Again, it's called A Full Plate by Anna Kirkpatrick. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you buy your books. Hey, Anna, thanks again for stopping by the show tonight. I had a really good time talking with you. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Nancy Stevens connects prayer and scripture in her new book, 13 Weeks of Prayer. I'd like to welcome Nancy to the show right now. Nancy. Thanks for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable with me tonight. Thank you, and I'm really excited to have this opportunity with you. Well, congratulations on having 13 weeks of prayer out there in stores now. Can you tell us all about it? Yeah, this book kind of came from somebody at church saying that we should all pray the same thing and how God had been moving with the election and four years ago. And so I just felt like God started pushing me to writing prayers for our church. And that's how the book started. And I actually never did intend it to be a book in the beginning, but this guy kept prompting my heart. And so I just was trying to make it where people could learn how to pray. So I took the verses and put prayers to the verses. Now, this is a, a series of daily devotions, 13 weeks full of devotions. Do you follow certain themes throughout? For each week, there is a theme. Um, one of them was like spiritual warfare. And then what I do at the end of the week, there's some two different questions with the space to write, thinking about what you had prayed throughout the whole week. And did God move you or did he lead you somewhere? So kind of just like an afterthought at the end of the week and a direction maybe to head with your thoughts. It's really important you took it a step further and encourage the interaction there with having the journaling aspect to it, because the response and the reflection is an absolutely important, necessary part of this being effective. And that's one thing that I, I guess I was looking at other devotion books and going, what did I not like about them or what did I like about them? And one of the things I did also was like, you can remember the verse that hits you, but when you get into devotional books, how do you go back and find it? So I did an index in the beginning where you could go, okay, here's the verses and what pages they're on, because I figured people would be more apt to remember the verse. Well, that's really smart to do. 
How was the publishing experience for you? That was really a growth experience. You just don't realize how much goes into the editing, mm. how much I needed just that background support of friends and family just encouraging me to finish because, you know, editing a book is very difficult to get through all that being my first time was quite an experience. But I think I came out as a better writer at the end. Like now I can correct as I go. So I don't think my next book, which I'm planning on doing, will be as difficult as it was the first time. Is the next book going to sort of follow in the footsteps of this one, or are you exploring other ground? I want to do a series of books of the 13 Weeks of Prayer. And I did it so it was like a quarter of a year, because some people get overwhelmed with a whole year, and just setting to get a whole year wrote was overwhelming too. So I have other books that I'm working on, and then I have stories of like things that happen to animals, and then turn it around to a God-given lesson for us. Now, what advice would you give to aspiring authors, either about maybe writing your first book or about the whole publishing process going through that? Well, I went to Christian Faith Publishing, and one of the things with them was they don't push you to get things done. They worked with my pace, which, you know, when you have those overwhelmed times, you need that support system behind you. So just keep trying. I mean, I'm 50 now, but when the time is right, the time is right, and it'll fall into place for you. Well, Nancy's book is out there in stores now. It's called 13 Weeks of Prayer by Nancy Stevens. It's published by Christian Faith Publishing, and you can find it everywhere on Amazon, on Barnes & Noble, on iTunes, and traditional brick-and-mortar stores as well. Well, Nancy, thanks again for stopping by the show again tonight. I had a really good time getting to know you. And thank you. I appreciate you giving me this opportunity. The Fixer is a new action-packed series, and the first book, The Beginning, is in stores now. The author, John Stewart, is right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. John, thank you for being here with me tonight. It's my pleasure. Can you tell me about The Fixer and how the story begins in this first book, The Beginning? Well, The Fixer follows Mark Farmer, who is an ex-military guy, special forces guy, that finds himself in a little bit of trouble. His girlfriend gets kidnapped and killed while he's out on a mission with the military. And when he gets back, he's finding that the police have come up with nothing. So he takes matters into his own hands. And that ends him up in jail for the murder of the guy that killed his girlfriend. He finds himself in a whole different world and, you know, having to deal with prison. Along comes a State Department guy who offers him a way out and he takes it. How did the idea for the story come about? I'm constantly coming up with storylines, and I write notes about them. This book, I wanted to do a series, uh, a book that I could, you know, have sequel after sequel. Hmm. So I started kicking the story around in my head as I traveled and, and did my normal day job. My brother was a military guy. His name was Mark. Hmm. And that sort of began the, the storyline, and I wanted a character that was you know, around the espionage, black ops style of work. That's a that's a genre of my favorite to read. And, mm. and that began the story. And uh, I started writing. About how long did it take you to, to write it and then get it out there on stores? Uh, this one took me about three months to actually write the book. Uh, this was a pretty fast one for me. It probably took another two months, I guess, to get it through publishing and editing and on the shelf. Is this the first time then you've been published? It is not. This is my third book so far. Is this your first experience then writing a a series of books? And how is that different than what you've written before? 
Uh, it is my first series, and it's very different in that as I wrote this first book, I did a lot of background on who the characters were because they will continue on in the series. Mark Farmer starts to make friends in the State Department and FBI and the different people he ends up dealing with in his job. And so as I wrote this book, I, I naturally began to think about the second book and third book and where I would take those characters. Now, the publishing process is a lot of work. Uh, would you have any advice for aspiring authors that want to get their first one out there? Uh, you know, don't give up. I didn't start writing until I was 40. I always played around with writing, but never really thought I could actually write a book. You know, life circumstances just got me in a place where I kind of needed something to take my mind off things and do. And I started writing my first book. 400 pages later, I turned it into the publisher. It's, uh, it's definitely not easy. It's tough to get a publisher. It's tough to find that right fit for your book. But it's very rewarding at the end of the day to be standing there with your book in your hand. Now, you wrote this one, you said, in just a few months. So I assume that it was a pretty easy process. Do you ever deal with writer's block? I don't, actually. Now, I may get kind of, I wouldn't say bored in a story, but maybe I get a little tired in a story and just kind of need to take a break. So I have three or four books going all the time that I'm writing. So I may take a break from one and start writing something else for a few months and then come back to it. But so far, I've never had writer's block at all. This is called The Fixer, The Beginning by Jon Stewart. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you shop for your books. Well, John, thanks again for coming on the Reader House Author Roundtable with me here again tonight. Had a good time chatting with you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Author Lisa Y. Lomelli has a new children's book out now. It's called Positively Optimistic. Lisa's right here with me now at the Reader House Author Roundtable. Lisa, thanks for being here with me tonight. Thank you for having me, Corey. Could you tell me what Positively Optimistic is all about? Well, it's about a little girl that is looking forward to a flawless birthday party, and many things go awry for her. But in the end, there's a positive message, and it's a message about hope and sense of humor and looking forward to the brighter side of things. How did you get the idea to write this? Well, I would say that life perhaps gave me the idea. Um, you know, it's a tough year for, for all of us. It's a difficult year, and we have all been faced with challenges. And so um, I believe in our mindset and looking forward and being optimistic. So I got this idea based on children. My grandchild is, is one that influenced this story, and uh, it came to fruition, and I'm so very proud of it. Was there a specific age range of children you had in mind when you wrote this? Well, Corey, you know, I didn't. I believe that it's been, it's been written not just for children, but for the adults that are perhaps reading to their child hmm. and any parent that comes across the material. Have you ever written a book before? Have you been published? This is actually my first publication. I'm very proud of it. Wow, you should be. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you so much. Wow, was it an easy process for you overall? It, it was. It, it, um, I, I learned a lot. There's, there was much to learn, mm -hmm. but 
overall, it was a relatively easy process. It was just stopping the procrastination, and it's been a passion of mine for many years. And um, I did procrastinate, but eventually it came to fruition. And I, I believe that everything has a timing. So it, it's a good year to bring something like this to the world in, in today's climate. When you find yourself stuck, when you find yourself procrastinating, do you have a strategy, maybe a kind of a way to get yourself started up again? You know, I, I think it takes stepping away from the hustle and bustle of life and searching within and, and um, recognizing our passions and those things that really tug at our heart. I think that's when we just realize that, you know, that there's something there that needs to be birthed. Hmm. Now, if a first-time author came to you and said, hey, you just got your first book out there, do you have any advice? What would you say? Be take the time, you know, step, step away and take the time. Lead with your heart. And, the, you know, there's, we all have a message, I believe. And so timing is everything. You know, listen to your heart and listen to the nudging and just, just go forward. Oh, that's really good advice. This is called Positively Optimistic by Lisa Y. Lamelli. It's published by Fulton Books, and you can find it everywhere on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Google Play, everywhere you shop for books. Well, Lisa, thanks again for stopping by the show here tonight. I had a really good time talking with you. Likewise, Corey. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this edition of the Reader House Author Roundtable, where authors from all walks of life come together to discuss the trials, tribulations, and triumphs of publishing their books. We hope to see you back here every Friday night at 8 p.m. or listen anytime via podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and PodServe, to name just a few. The Author Roundtable is sponsored by Reader House Online Bookstore, where independent new authors come first.